At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations, which is why we're dedicated to doing up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies, checking for things like scarring. In fact, only the best produce, like zesty oranges and crisp carrots, reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Options are a beautiful thing. That's why I'm obsessed with my McDonald's order. It's ever-changing, but always me. And right now, it's only $3.49. So I can pair a tasty double cheeseburger, a delicious six-piece chicken McNuggets, or golden crispy small fries for just $3.49. My order might change depending on my mood, but that feel-good taste of Mickey D's is always the same. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. What they don't want you to know with your host, Mr. Noriega. Is the government keeping secrets? You bet they are. And here, those secrets are revealed. Teacher, seven years researching the common core of the education system. Author Noriega. What they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. I want to get right into it and delve into the topic at hand, which is the church and this new bill, this proposed. Uh, Protection of Marriage Act that is going through, has already passed the House, going through the Senate, and receiving full support from the church. Let's make some commentary on this for a second, because many of you are concerned about this, including people in my own family, in my immediate family, and my best friends, saying, whoa, 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 what is happening? What is happening? What's going on? Have we turned from the doctrine of Jesus Christ and are we headed in a completely different direction? Just like you suggested, perhaps in the title of your podcast, uh, are, is the church changing direction, allowing them to be pigs? Well, before we go there, I'd like to thank you for coming on and having some intelligent conversation, some intelligent freedom of speech where we are not going to alter our speech because of political correctness or because of what they are gagging our mouth that we can't talk about, we can't say, we can't make our opinion. Because this is deep state Russia now, deep state China, we're not allowed to speak our freedom of mind. But let's have companies like Microsoft do the thinking for us because that's their new slogan. Or let's have just the whole citizenship decide for us, the masses. Let's them tell us, the masses that are stupid, that will follow anyone, that are sheepish. Let's have them decide what's right and wrong, not follow the doctrines of Christ. Let's go there. I appreciate intelligence conversations, so I appreciate you coming time again to my show. Remember to spread this podcast that's super important to the times we live in, to at least three other people, because I'm sure that at least three of your family members and friends are concerned about this topic. And let's dive right into our position. What's, what's my position? What's, what's my take on all of this? Well, it's a very complicated issue because, first of all, there have been, and I don't want to paint this lightly, but the numbers, the decline of the membership of the church has been thus. Yes, it is growing annually, but not by the depths and bounds that it was growing annually before. 
In fact, right before COVID, up to COVID and out through COVID, we have had a steady decline in the upward climb of the population of the church. The reason being that there are throngs of people leaving the church. Yes, there are also new converts, but not to the number that we used to have before. Look at the statistics. Look at the statistic reports, which, by the way, are no longer announced in general conference for a reason. These statistics show that the people entering the church, and yes, we had COVID and we had the lockdowns, and that's part of it, has been declining significantly. We went from a maximum of 180, almost 200,000 members entering to the church as recent converts to uh, a whopping only uh, in the 80s, 80,000 people joining. And so... This is an incredible up and down, up and down. And sure, those numbers have started to climb again. But what is happening to the general population of the church? We have a division that started deeply with COVID-19 and the controversy of the mask and the vaccine, of course, where you had angry mobs of people leaving the church because of the controversial issue of the mask and the vaccine. Some people saying, it is a sign of the beast. Why should we support it, etc.? But I in no way, in no shape or form, want to make you think for one second that I, as an individual, I myself, do not support the brethren or do not believe that they are seers and revelators because I do firmly believe and know that these gentlemen are called of God. Now, their actions may be a little bit questionable. And yes, The reason for that, once again, is because I believe strongly that we do not have the clear picture of everything that has happened. It's almost a superhuman thing to be able to have the complete picture, isn't it? What are they doing now? They're supporting an act that basically says the abomination of desolation wants to proclaim homosexual marriage as the marriage of the future wants to proclaim that homosexual marriage is, in fact, not only lawful but good and should be protected under the United States Constitution. And so, therefore, we are proposing that all of you enter into this pact and covenant to protect homosexuals and their marriage and proclaim it as a sacred thing. Now, I've perhaps overstated myself, but that's the gist of it. The reality of it is that this new act does not shadow in any way the the proclamation or even shadow in any way the sanctity of marriage, Prop 8, that came out years and years ago, over two decades ago in California. In fact, it is quite the opposite. This time the resolution states that not only should there not be a sanctity of marriage, between man and a woman, but that all forms of marriage, homosexual marriage, is now something that is sacred and wonderful and should be backed by legislation, law, and enforced and punished for those that go against it. Punishable. So, this goes completely against the thoughts and intents of the first act, of course. This Proposition Proposition 8, back in the uh, 20 years ago, around the year 2000, that stated that marriage is between a man and a woman. 
and it was wanting to add a new amendment to the amendment, uh, the amendments of the Constitution of the United States. Now, this, of course, got rejected, along with homosexual marriage in California back 20 years ago. But springing forward now to the year 2022, we are now on the verge of not only accepting on a judicial basis Supreme Court imposing upon every citizen of the United States that we have to accept homosexual marriage, but now passing a supreme law over legislature saying that we need to keep homosexual marriage protected, and for those that want to infringe on it, they need to be punished. This is going one step beyond what we have now, which is coming from the judiciary pillar of the United States. Uh, the Constitution gives us three pillars, the executive, judicial, and, 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 uh, and legislative. And we are now not only seeing this from the judicial side, where the Supreme Court ruled, but we are now seeing it under legislature. In other words, the law, the Senate is about to pass this. And so the churches stand on this. They've put out a statement that says somewhere similar to, yes, we will support this bill as long as, and I want to explain this clearly to you, as long as you, the legislatures and the United States, does not infringe upon our rights to worship as we want, what we want, how we want, and do not in infringe upon our right to marry as we will within our own church and our own temple. So the cause being there that, yes, we will support it, but you leave us alone. A deal, a two-sided deal. And some of my friends have commented and said, well, can you deal with the devil that way? Can you make a deal with the devil and have them not come back and backstab you? Well, certainly... These gentlemen are doing something, and again, I want to emphasize that I support the leaders of the church at the top. I'm not saying at a local level, and I'm certainly not saying at, at a, uh, at, at, at a uh, state level. Uh, what I am saying is at a worldwide level where you have the prophet and the apostles, and if you ask me, have these guys fallen away, or have they now become apostate? I will tell you with a definite answer, no, they have not. They are still seers and revelators, and they are definitely followers of Christ. So the implication then goes, well, how can they follow Christ if they are supporting homosexual marriage? The answer to that is the same answer as it always has been with any of the other controversial questions, including the mask mandate and the vaccine. And this is the answer. First of all, we're looking at the wrong source, aren't we? We're putting the blame in the wrong spot. They, the brethren, meaning the apostles, are not the ones that wrote the legislature in the first place, but rather it was this supreme, dark, overlordish government that is run by the secret society of men. That is who wrote the legislature the law. That is who is trying to pass it, not the brethren. 
The same thing happened with the vaccine. The vaccine was not invented in a laboratory in Salt Lake City under the temple, but rather it was created by man serving the adversary. And this was done in secret, in a secret combination. And so therefore, these mRNA shots that are going out to the world and forced by government, when I say forced, I mean forced, you keep your job or you take the jab. So these shots that have gone out to the world, that they are now trying to pass even flight passports with them, put a chip under your skin, my goodness sake. These things are not created by the church. So when you put the blame on the prophet and say he is committing genocide, I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. The people responsible for genocide are indeed the very people that serve Satan himself, the ones that created it and the ones that ran the show to create it. Who are those Bill Gates people? Those people that have the mindset to destroy the world. These are the New World Order people. So when you go against the prophet and you say he's a fallen prophet or a false prophet, then you say to yourself the following question, well, wait a minute, is he really the one that is committing genocide, the one that is harming so many people by giving advice? Because first of all, if you don't believe that he is a prophet, if you don't believe it, then his own opinion is saying to himself, well, hey, take the vaccine. I believe it's good. And that's one man's opinion. Because if you don't believe that he's talking to Jesus Christ himself, then, of course, go ahead and take the vaccine from the opinion of one man serving his own mind. It's not genocide. It's the same opinion that you get from your school board president. It's the same opinion that you get from your boss. Take the jab. You don't call him a, 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 a genocidal maniac, right? Well, you would say, well, he's not leading 15, 16 million people. Yes, they are. The school board presidents, the school board uh, uh, leadership is leading a whole school, a whole district. The school, the state supreme, the state supreme court uh, is in charge of the legislature over the whole state. The president is in charge of the whole country. And when you have jobs and organizations involved over the decisions of everybody's well-being and everybody's livelihood, then you can say, well, it's these men that have murdered us, that have caused our children to die. No, they're not the ones that created the vaccine. And if they don't know for themselves that the vaccine has poison in it, and are recommending it simply because they're passing an agenda down, does not make them homicidal maniacs, but in fact what it makes them is unknowledgeable people. People that haven't done their research, simply put it as that. And if you're a doctor or if you were a doctor and you want to push your doctor ideology on somebody, that's naturally what you're going to do. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happened here, but I'm saying that if you don't believe that the prophet is somebody that is receiving messages directly from Jesus Christ, and you also, it would, it would be impossible for you to believe that he's a homicidal maniac. The two do not fit in the same world simply because he would have to know for a surety and a fact that this thing is something that is going to harm you. Number two, so now that we've established this 
train of thought. And this show is not about the vaccine at all, but rather about the new uh, legislator coming through. Now that we've established that, I do have to comment on the vaccine. I do have to go back on myself and make this last comment. When the prophet asked, pushed, implied that it is something that with the wordage of the church being, we urge you to take the vaccine, he followed it up with a statement regarding freedom of choice, regarding spiritual nature, spirituality, following the spirit and following the guidance of the professionals like doctors. This was a benchmark for you, sort of speak. In other words, have you ever heard a prophet of the church ever say, we are giving you here a suggestion or an urge or to do something followed by, but you should find out if this is true or not, but you should follow the spirit on it, but you should consult a medical professional? No. Even with things so little as wearing one pair of earrings, if you remember, Kimball came out and said what? He said, women, you wear one earring, one pair of earrings, men, none. Now, he didn't follow that with, you should pray about it, or you should seek the guidance of the Spirit. It goes along with every single suggestion, implication, urgency of the church that has ever come out. It never has been followed up by find out for yourself. If this is right, go ahead and get guidance from the Spirit. That should have been a red flag for you. It should have been something that said, wait a minute, he is telling us something, but he has also told us that we need the guidance of the Spirit, as he warned us several years ago to get, that you won't be able to survive spiritually without the constant guidance of the Holy Ghost. And so that is what he was talking about when he said, of course, we ask you to seek the guidance of the Spirit and professionals. My goodness, put the blame where it belongs on your laziness not to do the research, not to get answers from the Spirit, and just follow blindly when you're being just told then not to follow blind, blindly, but to find out for yourself. My goodness, put the blame where it belongs. But going back to our main topic, which has everything to do in similarity to the vaccine, let's go on to the topic of this Protection of Marriage Act. Now, the first thing I want to explain about this Protection of Marriage Act, the first thing I want to explain is what it's targeting. And the target of this, or rather the goal of this, is once again to make and solidify all homosexual marriages between man, man, woman, woman, and make them solidified in our country so that you have to comply and agree with whatever the judgments that the court has ruled, those are now solidified by legislature. They are now in the books, so to speak. And so you have to comply. You have to comply at a county level. You have to comply at a state level. And this is now federal law. That is basically what it is. So either comply or there will be a consequence. So that makes every private organization has to comply and be able to respect, be able to honor, be able to perform. 
homosexual marriages. Now, the implications of this is that once this is passed, this will now transfer over to all religious sectors, meaning that everybody that is a religion, no matter what the religion may be, has to now comply with the rule or the law meaning that there has to be homosexual marriages allowed even inside those religions. This goes back mimicking previous laws that interfered with the right to religious freedom in the past. One of those laws is a very controversial issue in the matter of plural marriages. Plural marriages or uh, bigamy uh, was something that the United States did not handle up until uh, the late 1800s. And so plural marriage was a matter of religious freedom. Of course, the legislatures came in and forbade plural marriage and made it illegal in the United States. Now, as a consequence to that, and rather through revelation because of this, the prophet Wilford Woodruff uh, prayed to the Lord and sent out what is called a manifesto, stating that he received revelation to stop the practice of plural marriage, not because of the law itself, but because Christ had explained to him what would happen if they did not follow the law, which would mean that the entire church would fall into government hands and be destroyed. And so, therefore, even though he didn't, he would do it and did not care the consequences because he would fight right is right, he was still doing it because it was a commandment of Jesus Christ. So, therefore, the act of polygamy was abolished. Okay. Same thing today. So, today, we are a reflection of that, as has been spoken by the prophet many times in the podium, as well as some of the apostles and 70s. And so we, as we reflect and think about the mirror and duality between the time of Wilford Woodruff and today, this new law would say, whoa, if you have a religion or you have any uh, private entity, doesn't matter, you have to comply with this law that says, that we are going to accept and going to perform and going to adopt plural, not plural marriage this time, uh, but uh, homosexual marriage. And so you have to accept that. Now, what is the church's stance on this? The church obviously realizes at this point that there is no pushback against homosexuality. It's not going to go away. We are beyond a Sodom and Gomorrah state, but... What can we do at this point? Well, what we can do is we can hold back the attack on the temples. Now, mind you that you have to understand that there are many prophecies concerning the temples, specifically the temple in Salt Lake City, which will be desecrated sometime before the second coming, as well as the prophecy of the Antichrist, which says that the Antichrist will reign from the temple and that there will be the abomination of desecration inside the temple, meaning homosexuality, homosexual marriage. And so these two things hand in hand are prophecies, and prophecies all must be fulfilled. So as we look at these things and we say, okay, 
what are we staving off here? Because a third prophecy from Wilford Woodruff himself in the dedication of the Salt Lake Temple stated that the temples themselves would have to be closed a second time. And this time it would be for the grand duration until the children of the covenant plead with the Lord excessively, make a righteous a righteous uh, a pleading with him, a righteous sacrifice. And so keeping all those things in mind, the purpose must be, must be to stave off these events as long as possible. Now, the reason why I'm getting to all this intricacy, the reason why I'm explaining all this back history is because we have no idea of the intricacies and complexity of the situation that's at hand. There is no way we can absolutely understand all the angles as the brethren do and as what's happening with the Gadianton robbers, with the secret society of men. There's no way to do it. In fact, I believe that save it is for Jesus and his direct revelation to the brethren, they themselves are not privy to all the circumstances and situations that are at hand at this day. So I want to make it known, I want to make it understood that, first of all, just like as in Common Core days, where they were coming in from all angles, today they're not only coming in from all angles, but they're coming in with several different plans running at the same time. This is not simply a takeover of Congress or of the legislature in the United States. This is take over the world, people. And so, metaphorically speaking, there may indeed be a gun pointed to the heads of the apostles and prophets. That being said, the Lord does require our life in defense of truth. However, there may be such a complicated issue that skirting around a black hole in a slingshot effect is what we actually need. What we need is to understand that, hey, if I was the president, I would do things different way, is what we always say, right? I would, I would do it a different way. Well, yes, you would, and yes, we would, but we wouldn't do it the Lord's way, would we? We would take an issue and take care of it probably in the harshest way possible, and we would upset the Lord because we're not doing it His way. Now, one thing we do have to recognize is that there is exactly 15 men that are apostles of the Lord, and they're all agreeing with this. They're all signing off. None of them are going in separate directions. And so this is a unity, a one-heart situation where it's not just one person, but it is a one-heart, one-mind situation. That is unique to the church. No other department, no other state, no other office does it in this similar way where you have a consensus between a group of very pious people, all with different opinions, but then at the end of the day receiving the same revelation and coming to the same conclusion. 
And so if you want to think of it that way, and if you think of the complicated matter, then the question might be asked, well, what is better? To surrender before Gadianton and his sword, the church, the temple, at this very moment and have it closed down, and to say, no, we will fight against what now society itself is in favor. What Gomorrah and Sodom are now fighting tooth and nail to support. We will fight against it. And we will throw at it our best so that we are not only banned from Facebook, banned from social media itself, banned and black-carded from the media and from every news outlet in the world, but that our message becomes a message that is hated by everyone, because everyone, let's face it, everyone, you, yourself, your uncle, your cousin, every one of them, the majority has bent on this. And when I say bent, listen to my other podcast where I talk about things are bent, but you need to get it straight before the end of the world. Right now, society is bent and has gone over backwards to please homosexuals and to support them. And every one of you says, well, I've got an uncle, a cousin, a daughter, a son was homosexual. And so therefore I support it and I'm with it. And then you bring out all these quotations from the brethren as if to say that homosexuality is good. And you bring out things like from college professors at BYU, quoting them as if they are the dignities of the Lord when they are not. No, the fact of the matter is, people, that the doctrine will never change. The commandment will never change. Homosexuality is a sin and it is a grievous sin. But in the modern day age which we live, and for those of you that are valiant, would you have the church fight everyone and therefore become black-hearted, shut out, and then disbanded by a group of thugs and rogues that come in and say, you are no longer a church because you are fighting against the whole world and against our laws that we've passed. They're going to pass this. Don't worry about it. It's going to pass. Don't you worry about it. It's going to pass. So, would you rather them fight against that and lose the church? Just as as Woodward Wolford uh, proposed? Or would you have stratagem? Now, stratagem was never outside of the church. Stratagem, we read, came all the way back from the time of Nephi and before. Stratagem was always used in a righteous way to combat the adversary because he's conniving and deceiving and we have to use stratagem in order to win. There is just no roundabout way of doing it. We cannot tell the adversary our whole plan. We cannot tell the adversary what we're doing at every moment and no. This is not a gentleman's fight. This is something that we are fighting hell and Satan's host himself. And so we have to employ the use of strategy. And the Savior is best as strategy. There's no one better at the game than the Savior is. 
and he would employ every measure imaginable and not imaginable to man and reveal those measures to his prophet. So when you have a problem with the prophet and when you say, oh, this man's not of God, and when you say he's done this, this, and that, I remind you that this gay marriage thing, this these gay right things are not something that is only today and the first time this has ever happened. Like the media once put a big twist on it and say, oh, the first time the church has ever advocated for homosexuals, etc. No. This same strategy has been employed before and the same way that the church is saying now that it will support such and such bill, the same way the church has done so before. But mind you, the church has never strayed as far as doctrine is concerned and neither have the brethren. And so when you say the church is headed in the wrong direction, I ask you this, are you not the one that's headed in the wrong direction for persecuting these gentlemen? Because they are indeed gentlemen. So, even though myself, I'm a stickler to commandments and I'm a stickler to following Jesus Christ till the end of my life. And if that life is cut short, oh well, so be it. Let me die with the sword in my hand, right? Right. But you know what? I would be talking about the issue at hand every day if I wanted to. And if I, if I was doing it my way, but I've been hushed by the spirit many times to say, Hey, that's not your subject to fight against. There have been times when I have spoken and I've spoken with truth, but at other times I've been silenced and not because my words were inaccurate or were not true, but because my words were falling upon the wrong places and whether they were going to destroy me at the wrong time. And I have, I have a mission to accomplish or whether I was going to be persecuted away from whatever it was. The Lord knows best. And so we leave the things of the running of the church to the church, to the men that have been called. These are true men. Now, if you heard my other episode where I explained to you that the devil himself came to me at night and said to me, oh, you are the new called apostle. You're going to be a witness of Christ, etc." You know, we would call ourselves apostles, wouldn't we? We would say, yeah, we would do it better than the brethren. We could do it better there. They're not right in this case or that case. But the reality of it is that's, that's not God. That's Satan that's doing that. The church, the church is going in straight course and will not deviate, not left, not right. Whether it uses stratagem or whatever the case may be, the prophecies that are coming are coming. Nobody can stop them. The Antichrist will reign and he will bring in the abomination of desolation into the temple. That's written in stone. 
That's written by John the Beloved. All these things that are going to happen are going to happen, but but in the Lord's time when he allows it. Put the blame where it belongs. Put the blame on your lap or on those people that are responsible on their lap. Don't put the blame on the Lord. Don't put the blame on the brethren. They are simply navigating a harsh world with harsh currents and tidal waves everywhere crashing down. They are anchored. I remind you, I leave you with one thought. It has been prophesied not only by Wilfred Woodruff in the manifesto, not only by Wilfred Woodruff in the manifesto number two, and not only by many, many apostles and prophets since then, but the prophecy goes that the church will never go astray. There will never be another apostasy until the second coming of Christ. This is the last dispensation, folks. We heard this time and time again in the 80s. And just because you can't find the quote means that you haven't looked too well because it's everywhere. And so I bid you a farewell to this because I never had a problem with it. And there are many things that you're going to have a problem with, but I leave you with the words of one of the apostles that said recently, you know, if you have a problem with this little thing that we're doing here, you're not, imagine how you're going to have a problem in the future. They already know what's coming. And this is one of those things. This is one of those controversies. And so stay the course, gentlemen, ladies, be firm. Nobody's asked you to break any commandments. And to those of you that are looking for excuses, you didn't want to keep them anyway. Just like in BYU when they went wild because they changed some policy as far as what they were going to do to discipline homosexual behavior in the campus. Just because they changed some policy, people went wild and went men on men and women on women right there in the courtyard. And the news came down and filmed it all horrible. They were looking for excuses. No change in policy, no change in what the brethren support or not, no change in anything you see in church is going to change you from keeping the commandments of God. So if you're anchored and the waves toss around, you're fine. But if you're not anchored down, that's when there's a problem. Are these waves going to cause you to drift away? To persecute? To become one of them? Hell, this is just the beginning of the end of the world. Steadfast, my brother. Steadfast. This is just the beginning of the tribulations. My goodness, if you can't, if you can't handle round one, there is no way you're going to handle the next round, which is called persecution of the saints. So toughen up, bite your lip, and let's have, a, let's have some firmness because there's enough weaklings out there, aren't there? So let's stand firm. What they don't want you to know with your host, Mr. Noriega. 
Is the government keeping secrets? You bet they are. And here, those secrets are revealed. Teacher, seven years researching the common core of the education system. Author Noriega. What they don't want you to 